you'll see some money start to bleed back out and things are going to come down to around 20,000 or so. And we'll reevaluate from there. If it can go farther than that, I'm happy to let everybody know, but that's my first level, right? Um, I'm hoping that level gets hit. That's typically the fall before having. So October, November, that's the, I think that's the perfect time to unload everything. Welcome to SETI Labs, where we explore all things crypto, finance, and more. I'm your host, Jesse Eckel, and today we have Professor Keith back on the podcast talking about crypto cycles. What are they, and where are we in the current cycle? This is a guy who near perfectly timed the last top, selling Bitcoin when it was over 60,000, and he waited patiently to buy back in for over a year until this year, getting in back at almost the exact bottom. We also talk about the price of Bitcoin and ETH, where are they going next, and how high his charts are saying they'll go next bull run, as well as so much more. And we'll get to all of that right after we hear from some of these amazing sponsors that make this episode possible. Stoic AI is a secure, fully integrated web and mobile trading app. Executing trades based on sophisticated AI technology, it's like a chat GBT for your financial portfolio. Stoic connects with the Binance or Coinbase account, enabling seamless trading and portfolio management while you live life on your own terms. To get started, simply open a new exchange account, add some funds, connect the API, and let Stoic handle the rest. Stoic AI benefits include funds never leave your exchange account, withdraw at any time with no penalty, no portfolio limits, 24-7 automatic trading, and regular rebalancing. Visit Stoic.ai for more details and to sign up for free today. Yeah, I bet a ton of people right now are just watching like all these meme coins take off and they're putting a ton of money in and they're probably doing it right at the top and they're going to mm-hmm. lose so much money because they keep checking, <laughs> they keep checking the feeds. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, especially right now in the bear market, you like you, you plant your seeds and you wait, you plant yep. your seeds yep. and you wait for the harvest. We, That's uh, it. we spend a, we spend a lot of time finding the right place to plant the seed. Yes. That's what I, that's what our specialty is, right? Where's the, where's the place? Where are we looking for here? Where, where, what is this? What is the time in this spot where the seed goes in the ground? And now we simply wait. Um, you know, we have cycles that this whole thing does. Uh, Bitcoin halves every four years. In that four years, you have a bull market and a bear market. You don't just have only up, you know what I mean? Um, it turns yeah. out that you really only have a year and a half of up. And everything yeah, else is kind of down and sideways. Let's get right into it. So, so what are crypto okay. cycles? All right. So um, the advantage that we have with crypto is... For, the, for now, Bitcoin is still the top dog. Um, it roughly takes up about 48, I think it's 48% right now of the market. It's strictly just Bitcoin. Um, and everything else is less than 10% except Ethereum. So kind of Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then everything else. Um, this is part of the reason, you know, I say things, will ne- things like this will never go away so long as they have such a grip over the market. And one can speculate, oh, this one's going to get more, ah, whatever. So... The, the beautiful thing about this is we know that there's a cycle that goes along with this. When Bitcoin halves, what, what people should do is kind of treat, it's not gold, but you should kind of treat Bitcoin like gold. It has the same properties. That's the idea behind it. Yeah. So have you, if you've ever spent time going gold mining or gold panning, I have, it's hard to find a single little flake of gold. You live in yeah. East Tennessee, you know, <laughs> you get in the well, river and you dig for a week. <laughs> well, I used to live in Northern California, so I definitely know. We used to, I mean, Even we better. lived in like a gold mining town up in the mountains. Mm-hmm. So, yep. it, Once it's gone, it's hard to find. So Bitcoin's the same way. You do a mathematical problem rather than digging the dirt. And for that effort, you get rewarded a piece of gold. All right. So once all of it starts to get gone, it's harder to find. As long as there's a demand, which there is, the price will go up when it gets harder to find. All right. Every four years, that price doesn't necessarily go up, but the value of what you're mining doubles because the scarcity increases by almost a hundredfold, right? So once you increase that scarcity, now you've created a supply and demand effect. Now you've created a new cycle, but we've kind of noticed that the cycles don't always go exactly with having. However, the cycle always repeats, to a degree this way, to a degree that way. It doesn't matter. It always kind of does the same thing. And we've spent a lot of time hammering out exactly when things are going to happen. Um, when Bitcoin reversed on the bottom here, 
we were within a week and a half of knowing that was going to happen. And I'll admit that I missed the perfect bottom. But, oh, my God, we were a week and a half away. That's it. Right? So we waited an entire year of watching something fail. And one and a half weeks was our window. So we've taken that data and gone even farther. Right? So how, how close can we get? I think we can get within five or six days of, like, the perfect top and the perfect bottom. Right? Um, we know that typically in the summer before having, and if you don't know, having is on today, it's on April 14th, 2024. And that'll vary some, but today it's April 14th, 2024. Um, that's the date when everything. So less than a year away. Yeah. Yeah. Less than a year. So we know the year before having, we typically have a short run up and a retrace every single time. Bitcoin has done this, all right, in the summer before having. We're about to approach the summer before having. We are a month away from an official summer before having. And I'm talking about the United States, not in Australia, because it's maybe whatever different climate out there. So in the in the U.S. in the summer, right? So um, we typically top out somewhere in there. Got it. So you're saying right now, because I've been seeing a lot of people calling for Bitcoin to go back down to around 25,000-ish, which, I mean, it could. But you're saying we're, you know, like in this current run up we're in right now, we should see more of a run up leading into summer. Uh, where do you see that going? All right. So it's in a really tight spot at the moment. So we've seen some red lately. And if it doesn't hold 27,000 for the rest of the week, then we're going to see it slip down farther. That's just the math of it. All right. Um, breaking 27,000 opens up those lower levels that you're discussing there, 25,000 ish. But that still doesn't stop the current uptrend that we're in. We started this uptrend back in January, and it hasn't stopped. Every little pullback doesn't mean the, re the uptrend's over. As long as we follow that trend line up, it's all okay. Um, and here's another aspect of this. People like to apply a narrative to why things happen. Well, why is it happening, right? If the government stops raising interest rates, that will be perceived as bullish, whether it is or not, that's how it will be perceived, right? Which we know that we're pretty confident at this point that they have at least paused it. You know, they're not you reversing it, but we're pretty this, confident. Right? Yeah. You can't keep put you can't keep pressuring a bank like this. They're gonna crack. You can't keep doing yeah. this to them, right? You you can't. Yeah. You're you what's the classic government though, is they always wait too late and start too soon. Well, there's it's your narrative the right there. <laughs> the banks, the banks, uh, every time a bank fails, Bitcoin and ETH and the whole crypto market starts going up every single time. And so, yeah, yeah, I mean, bank it's, it's pretty close <laughs> to exactly the same time. Yeah. I mean, it's not perfect, but it's pretty close. You can't deny it. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm left with this narrative of if they, that in the next announcement is uh, 1st of June. So uh, it's, you know, 11th right now, May 11th. So we've got a whole month of whatever it's doing right now that's going to sit here and fiddle fart around, right? But when they come out and say that they're done raising rates, that will be perceived as bullish. We'll see how far that takes us, all right? Um, the uptrend is still continuing. I've scaled out and in and out and in, and now I'm kind of sitting on my hands a little bit, mostly out, waiting to see what happens. But I know June, July, August is, our, is probably where we come in to the high point. And that, from there... We have to stop and think about things for a minute. Get well, a read on point everything. To you, what's the um, high point? What are you I thinking? still think 34, 35,000. Uh, there's okay. heavy resistance right there. There's some resistance where we are now. And if you don't understand what resistance is, imagine whenever people buy and sell, a wall gets created of orders. You, me, John, Jim, Joe, we all put an order in for a dollar. That's a buy wall. All right, there may be a sale wall of people trying to sell at a dollar fifty. You know, fifteen other people at a dollar fifty. These walls get put up. In the end, those create support and resistance. All right. So once you hit up against the wall, resistance, especially if you're under that wall, it's very hard to break through. Um, you need a lot of momentum, a lot more Jim Johns and Joes to push through that wall. And if you don't, typically you hit that wall and pull back a little bit. And there's a wall around. 34, 35,000. There's a wall around 40,000. There's a wall around 50,000. There's a lot of walls there. All right. So just thinking, oh my gosh, this thing's going to go back to all time high. Mm, 
it's a lot of walls to jump first, and I'm not sure you can jump that many walls. So, so it goes up in your mind. It goes up to maybe thirty four, thirty five thousand, and then it falls down to where? Um, that's a good question. It depends on where this trend line is going to end up, and if we stop at thirty five to forty, that's going to put us back to about twenty thousand or so back down at least. All right, okay. so that's a nice psychological round number too. So, um. There's precedent for that level to be held. That's the previous cycle's all-time high, retesting support, that wall right there. Um, also, it held around 20000 for several months before it fell under, right? So another wall there, right? Um, what do you think is going to happen to the alts? Because the alts have kind of oh. already right now, they've, they're have they kind of bleeding out. They're not doing oh, good they're gonna, right yeah. now. So what oh, happens yeah, to them gonna then? <laughs> they're going to suffer. Yeah. They're going to suffer. Even more so? Um, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, they're going to suffer. Alts always suffer. That's just the way it is. And if you're going to get into this, you need to understand that there is no alt season until a bull market happens. I'm so burned out on hearing alt season. Alt. It's not a bull market yet. What are you doing? We know this. What are you doing? You're, you're, okay, you're so, l- l- taking such a risk. You know what I mean? Let's go back to the cycle. So I always think, okay. you know, because we always assign the seasons uh, and there kind of is almost four distinct seasons to the crypto cycles. So we have crypto winter, which we're in right now. And that's when, you know, everything kind of sucks. Prices are, are really down. We'll, we'll come back to crypto winter to describe why it is the way it is. After that, we typically have uh, crypto spring, which is where we see Bitcoin, um, usually just Bitcoin. But I would guess ETH will equally, you know, if, if anything, if recent price actions and indicator ETH as well. We see them skyrocket, and we see kind of the alts just kind of sit there, right? They don't really do anything. Bitcoin mm-hmm. and ETH are, are going up, and everyone's like, when are the alts going to go up? Bitcoin's you know, skyrocketing, ETH skyrocketing, and, and they don't do anything. And then we have summer, which is kind of uh, – well, we kind of almost have this period between summer and uh, spring where the alts finally start taking off. And then summer, it's like everything's going up. Everything's skyrocketing. Everyone's really, really excited. Um Good projects that have like uh, fu- good fundamentals go up. It's amazing. And then retail really shows up in force and mm-hmm. they missed out on all the good projects going up. So then they look around and they say, hmm, what about these other projects? This one has like a 10,000% APY. Maybe that one will go up. And this mm-hmm. is Crypto Fall where they start investing into all these Ponzi's and Ponzonomics and memes and all kinds of crazy stuff. Those skyrocket like crazy. And then um, once it gets super, super frothy, then we, you know, everything collapses back down. We have crypto winner sentiment just goes Mm -hmm. into a hole and then the whole cycle starts over again. Would you agree with those kind of four phases? So let me change the names and give you dates. Okay. Okay. So (laughs) um, typically this market uh, if let's start with crypto winter, crypto winter typically starts a year and a half after having. Okay. So that's crypto winter. And that's what I'm going to call the top. That's typically after a year and a half of having whatever it's done in that time frame. you had Bitcoin go first, followed by Ethereum, just like you just said. All right. Then you see mid cap alts start getting some action. Call it fundamentals or whatever you want. I'm going to say mid-cap alts, meaning not the top, not the shitters. Crappers, sorry, not the crappers. It's it's in between, right? They're, they're good. They're just not Ethereum Bitcoin, and they're way better than John Dow or Bill Dow, right? Whatever. They're way better than the John Ponzi. So they're going to get their action, all right? And then as those go up, you'll see Bitcoin and Ethereum slow down some because that money fluctuates into those, all right? That's about halfway through after the halving. And typically that comes in around the new year. So let's say halving is in 2024. All right. So wait, you so, said crypto winter, you're, but you're talking about like a, the spring season, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll just give you dates and erase what crypto winter oh, falls okay. spring summer. I'm <laughs> just going to give it. you dates. So got it. typically that, right. Typically you'll see in a halving that typically happens in the spring of an actual date, right? So got it'll it. be spring yep. in 2024. I'll give you this scenario. So. Spring of 2024 is when things go up. Let's start with what happens before that. All right. So at the moment, you're going to get a high point in the summer and it's going to feel good. This is just an upward retrace, right? You're going to get that feel good feeling. And then in the fall, we'll legit get prices falling. Um, You'll see some money start to bleed back out and things are going to come down to around 
20,000 or so. And we'll reevaluate from there. If it can go farther than that, I'm happy to let everybody know, but that's my first level, right? Um, I'm hoping that level gets hit. That's typically the fall before having. So October, November, that's the, I think that's the perfect time to unload everything. All right. There's precedent for other stuff, but there's been other having cycles that weren't 2020. So they, they looked a certain way. And then 2020 is kind of slightly different because of the way the economy shut down. All yeah, right, it's, so it's never exactly the same. It's like it's the same Correct. sort of thing where they say it's it's um it's not exactly the same, but it rhymes. It rhymes. That's the Correct. Same. Yeah. It rhymes. It's not the same line, but it rhymes. So yeah. that should be the fall. I think October, November ish will be the best time for me to unload everything. That's what I'm going to try to get back in everything. So from there, we'll slowly grind up or sideways. Having will happen when having happens. Either before having or right after, we'll get some more down in there. That'll kind of set the hook on the fish. All right. That's the last opportunity, in my opinion, the last opportunity for you to get ultra low prices or whatever you're looking for. From there, we'll get Bitcoin, Ethereum, mid caps, and then shitters. Right. And that'll last from the having mark until roughly the end of the first year. That's 2024 till the end of 2024. Okay. Then we'll get a pullback. They're going to be an ugly pullback. When that pullback happens, you'll start seeing those projects, like you mentioned, pop up. 2025 should be full of mid-cap alt runs, low-cap alt runs, new projects. For instance, Arbitrum, right? That's new. Oh, my gosh. There's hardly any walls on the chart. Once that gets going, oh, my gosh. You're going to see money pile in like crazy. And all these new things are going to pop up on that network further, pushing it farther and farther. It's going to be just like AVAX and FTM were, only its name will be Arbitrum. Right? And I can see that on the chart. I know that's coming. So you'll have these time waves, right? First year is mostly going to be Bitcoin, Ethereum, and mid caps. The next year, you'll see a lot of mid caps, low caps, shitters. Bitcoin will make another run, right? Once they shift money around, Bitcoin will make another run. That's when we'll get toward our top. And I think that top comes in at the end of 2025. And then that's it. Then another year plus of ouch. After that, so what, a year plus Why do you of think ouch. crypto runs in cycles? So I, I agree. I, see, I don't get into like the super minutiae of it. Um, mm -hmm. I try to go as broad as possible because I know the more detailed you get, and that's your thing. You love going in detailed. You love getting really technical with it. Um, but there's always that risk with going detailed. It, it's easier to be wrong in the short run. It's a lot easier to be right in the long run. Um, Correct. So, you know, yeah. And so um, I agree with the overall, just the way that cycles are in that, you know, probably have a bull run 2024 through 2025 and then another mm -hmm. crash. But why do you think it is that crypto runs in cycles? Why it's does this keep happening? Mathematical. It's a mathematical, it's a mathematical probability. Bitcoin isn't based on math. It's as simple as that. Everything involving Bitcoin is based on math. It cannot be stopped. That math problem will always exist. It will always continue until there's no more halvings, right? Which is decades away. So as long as this math keeps going, so what do we need for that math? We need computers to do the computations and an internet connection to make it run. As long as we have those okay. two things, it won't stop. What about this? Uh, obviously, the Bitcoin halvings impact is reduced mm -hmm. by half every single halving because, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because it went from, you know, uh, tw 20 Bitcoin per block down to 10. I, this isn't mm -hmm. exact, but you get the idea. Then 10 right. down to five. And so the amount it's being reduced gets smaller and smaller. So its impact should therefore be smaller and smaller, correct? Yes and no. Um, the impact is smaller. However, more people are doing it. That's what offsets it the hash rate goes up or down based on how many more people are doing it versus how many, how less people are doing it. Right. So this is the, this is why you've seen people parking miners in storage lockers at the top because they realized, Oh man, I just paid $17,000 for a Bitcoin miner. And now it's costing me more to mine than it is to run it. And then now you see things pop up where they're buying these miners for 3000, $2,000 that were the same miners that were 17,000 at the top. You're earning roughly the same amount no matter what, all right? It just depends on how much you want to spend at the time. So it's, you know, it's tough to explain, and I, and I know it throws people off, but having cuts the rewards in half. However, more people are going to do it. Supply and demand kicks in. So long as we have this mathematical problem, 
and we have a demand, which we do, which probably will never go away. We're going to continue to see a having with a run-up, a having with a run-up over and over and over again. And honestly, it's probably best for most people to find the place to buy when the having happens and then find the place to sell when the run-up is over, when the juice kind of runs out of the turnip. And then wait and then do this all over again. You know what I mean? Yeah, historically, I mean, <laughs> historically, it's been stupid easy to time it because it stupid has easy. run in these really clear cut cycles. It's, it's just weird. To, it is it is very strange. And it is always one of these things like, but is it going to this time? Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it, so far it, it keeps doing it. So, um, yeah, oh, go ahead. Well, no, I was, I was, I was going to say, say it's, it's my job to make sure that cycle is going to continue. Right. That's that's what yeah. I do. If I don't think it's going to continue, I'm happy to tell everyone. I think the, I think the party's over, right? Um, yeah. However, this thing is literally almost candle for candle, the exact same as 2015 so far. It's pretty, it's pretty crazy. So that is crazy. I have to assume it's going to keep going. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, what, what do you think about ETH? ETH. Okay, so um, do you believe that ETH will eventually pass Bitcoin? No. No? You, you don't think no. ETH will ever pass Bitcoin? Why? No. Um, ETH is like Kmart to Walmart. Walmart's always going to be Walmart until they turn it off. Ethereum is much different than Bitcoin. And yes, it has a purpose. I don't think either one of them are ever going to go away. As a layer one, like Ethereum is, people can build on top of it. But you're seeing now that people are building on top of layer twos because that layer one is so expensive to build on that they don't want to do it anymore. So they build a layer one or they, I'm sorry, they build a layer two like Arbitrum and then everyone piles in on top of that layer two. Right. Yeah, but um, the, but the layer two is feeding into ETH, so ETH still making correct. all the money off of Arbitrum. Correct. And correct. Uh, it's still the big ball. Correct. Yeah, and ETH's the. I mean, look at all the money that ETH like makes and burns. You have like mm-hmm. you have your, it's all time high for merge, and it's just if you look at the burn rate, it's insane. It's yeah. uh during the meme coin phase, it was like three it projected out to three percent a year burn in reduction. So yep. it's, it's deflating three percent a year. Yeah, supply and, and so demand. it's like. Plus, on top of that, you have that reduction of like issuance from the switching to proof of stake. So Mm -hmm. it had a 90% reduction from that, plus it's deflationary. So look at like Mm -hmm. how easy it is for ETH to go up in price, right? It doesn't have all this sell pressure. Look at Bitcoin. It's got, look at all that daily sell pressure from those miners. Those miners are getting paid out in Bitcoin and they need to sell that Bitcoin to pay for power, to pay for all of that. So Bitcoin has this really big headwind that has to push up against and ETH has tailwinds that, that push behind it. So don't you think given enough time, that headwind will slow Bitcoin? I mean, right now we're ETH's like a 2x, a little over a 2x away from you know being bigger than Bitcoin. You don't think right. it'll ever get there? So let me rephrase what I was saying. I don't think okay. anytime soon it will flip Bitcoin. How about that? Okay. Is okay. it possible that one day? Sure. But I don't think anytime soon, no. Um, I think for that to happen, there'll be some sort of uh, movement across nations or movement across governments where some kind of something happens where they say, we'll allow this. And then we can talk about that. But until then, honestly, it's super, super, super heavy speculation. Um, oh. And I try to speculate as least as possible. So Got it. I'll say this. On the uptrend, if, if Ethereum starts an uptrend and brings in a ton of money, as long as that sloping uptrend line does not stop, if it wants to flip Bitcoin, bro, I am pro go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I want to well, see what happens everything to the cycles up, then. Right? What happens to cycles? If So if ETH ever flips Bitcoin, where did this – because now uh, Bitcoin dictates the market because it's number one. But if it Correct. loses right now, its yeah. number one dominance, then ETH dictates the market. So do we break Correct. the cycles at that point? Because ETH now no longer is going to have that same uh, having for your cycle. So – uh, maybe on one hand, that's, you know, we don't have that dependability of the cycles, but maybe on the other hand, we don't have to go through the brutality of the cycles every four years. What are your thoughts I think on that? No matter, I think no matter what, you're going to get very long cycles of down. You, you have to have sellers in order for buyers to make profit. There is no way for us to continue having uptrends forever unless sellers come along to where we can gobble it up. All right. Um, you're always going to have, if you're going to have these big parabolic runs like crypto does, you're going to have reverse of that. That's a yin and a yang to this. You cannot only have up. 
And I'll I'll say I'll say that while while talking like the Dow Jones doesn't exist and hasn't gone up for a hundred years straight. <laughs> but right? it's heavily so, manipulated too. <laughs> correct. So. And we all know that these yeah. numbers are lied about every day when they would give these earnings reports. Ah oh, man, they fudged the heck out of that before that comes out. You know, there's so much backroom deals that go on. I've seen it and witnessed it myself. I, I, that's what pushed me away from that and put me pushed me towards crypto. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plus all the regulation and and price control, like the the, yeah. the government's control over the stock market or the its interests, and um, it, it's very different than the organic flow of like crypto. So crypto. Man, we have those big ups, like you said, but we have such hard downs. But when we go down, when we when crypto collapses, it burns out all of the rot. It burns mm-hmm. out all of the bad projects, the bad actors. They, you know, their projects collapse, and everything that's good. left standing is what's strong. But with the stock market, you don't really have that because, like, they won't let it happen because it's like, you know, correct. Yeah, <laughs> so it's different. They'll do what they got to do to keep the ball rolling, a hundred percent. And that hasn't yep. happened yet for crypto. Um, a question I get asked all the time is, will that happen? Well, I think one day, yeah, 100%. One day when that happens, well, that's a different ball game, and we'll play that game differently. So this is why trend lines are so important, right? Because you ask, well, what happens if it flips Bitcoin, and what happens to the cycle then? Well, as soon as I see Ethereum break that uptrend, turn out the lights, the party's over. I'm going to sell, and I'm going to wait for it to start a new uptrend. And until it starts a new uptrend, that's the top. If I see it break and start again, oh, okay, but it wasn't the top. Here we go again, right? But if I see it break that uptrend and I see it stop, flip the light switch off and I'm coming back when it changes, right? That's just how it is. Um, I, I did say the same about the stock market. When it hits the top and flips over and rolls, why would I want to buy calls? I would buy puts, which is a bet against the market. I'll buy, I'll bet against it until it changes, right? Uh, and you'll see a lot of people, when they get a lot of money, do that. If crypto ever becomes super mainstream, um, where, you know, you have banks openly trading it and it's open and it's on it's on all the normal exchanges like stocks or bonds would be. Oh, my gosh. You're going to see people come in with mega money and move it back and forth. Right. But when that happens, it'll be more stable as well. The Obsidian Council is my private community where I share monthly research and joining gets you access to some pretty awesome perks, including monthly research reports that dive deep into the crypto market, current trends, and projects that I'm looking at each month, the airdrop guide, a monthly guide devoted to hunting the most lucrative airdrops in the space. Obsidian Council members were able to make anywhere from $1,000 to $8,000 during the last Arbitrum airdrop. The Obsidian Council community, which is a private discord where we work together to try to grow our wealth share different strategies that are working for us, and find up-and-coming projects. Yearly in-person meetups where we get together in real life, spend the weekend at the beach together, or hit up some awesome crypto conference. We just launched the Airdrop Masterclass, a full premium level $300 course, which is a completely free and included perk for all Obsidian Council members. This is designed for somebody who has zero experience farming airdrops to get them started and get them up to speed so they can start hunting some of the most lucrative airdrops in the space. And it even Include some tutorials on hunting some of the most popular airdrops that are out there currently. We have yield strategy walkthroughs, monthly live meetings, and so much more. There's a link in the show notes for anyone interested in joining, but keep in mind we do limit the availability for slots each month. All we're missing is regulation to make that happen. The problem, the reason crypto won't go mainstream, and honestly the reason we have so many scams is uh, because regulators won't like uh, legitimize crypto because like most crypto tokens can't do anything cool because then they'd be securities. So like, you know, think of all the cool things we could trade on chain, like real estate, we could trade hedge funds, we could trade like so much could be tokenized and it'd be amazing. I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I want to get, you know, I want to get in all this stuff, but they won't give us a framework to let that happen. So we can't have this real capital flow on chain. Like we should, if we did though, that, that we will eventually, we will eventually, whether United States wants to or not. And when that happens, that's when mainstreams get into crypto because it's going to be. Can you imagine? Can so, you imagine? Yeah. Being able so, to, so yeah. frame it. Frame it this way, right? I hate to like fill everyone up with hopium, right? But frame it this way. At this point, every politician has said everything negative that they could about crypto, and look at it. Okay, now let's flip that. What happens when they stop talking negatively? Okay, just frame it that way. It's only been negative. Oh, it's bad. You can hide. They're selling drugs. Oh, shut up, dude. 
I can go across the street right now and buy something with cash. If I go over there with Bitcoin and try to buy some dope, he's going to say, uh, I don't take that. It's very simple. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. the cash that you're saying is the good stuff I can use for nefarious reasons. It's very difficult to move around in crypto secretly. Like, I mean, I know people yeah. think that you can, no, I'm mean, dude, there are guys watching every transaction. You can't screw around like that. That Zach XPT guy on Twitter. Oh my God. Yeah. He rips people to pieces, dude. He's they're They're monitoring every move and they know well, when you're doing, getting... we, they know when you're doing something shady. Yeah, people get caught like 10 years later. So like it's always going to be on chain. It's it'd be stupid. But yeah. I was going to say, can you imagine can you imagine when like uh, you can do like startups? Startups can fund on chain uh, just like venture capital is gone. Like the the Wall Street um, or sorry, Silicon Valley bros, all these guys that have like they go to the Ivy League colleges. They know the startup game. They make all this money in it. Like we, you and me can't get into that. We don't know the right people's elbows to rub. We don't, you got we it. don't know that the, exactly. But imagine I could just do it on chain. Imagine I could like, instead of buying a, a crypto, you know, some new crypto decks on chain, it's a token for an AI startup. It's a token for a new food delivery service. That's what I'm talking about. Like uh, people want that. We want uh, the average person. Uh, the SEC is is acting like parents. Uh, the government's <laughs> acting like they're, they're our parents. I want to be able to spend my money the way that I want to choose. It's my money. It's not their money. I, if I want to go gamble it away on an AI startup on chain, let me do that. I just, you know what I mean? Like people should have the ability to do this. It shouldn't be reserved for only the ultra rich. And that's I I, crypto's I mainstream. Agree. Yeah. And, and it's you know, good this, for the startups this, too. This, this harpens back on gambling. Um, you'll see, well, you've slowly seen it now, but there's a shift happening in society where people are caring less what you do with your money, like DraftKings and FanDuel has started up. And that's kind of a nationwide thing now. And while some areas won't allow it, a lot will. You can go bet on sports, right? This did not happen 10 years ago. All right, so little by little, people are going, wait a minute, you can't tell me what to do with my money. It's mine. You, yeah. You're not allowed to do that. That's my money. Well, I work for it. If I want to buy Coke and hookers in Vegas, it's my money. I'm allowed to do that. If I want to invest in Apple, I'm allowed to do that. You can't tell me no. So you're, you're seeing I, that happen now with crypto. Yeah. Where they're, where they're saying, well, you're not allowed to do that. We're smarter than you. We know. But first of all, I'll challenge any politician to come at them and say they're smarter than me. You don't know what you're talking about. You're just there to get votes. Not tricking me. So yeah, you might be better than me at literature, or you might be better than me at this. You're not going to outdo me in what we're good at. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just think specifically, it's kind of crazy if you really think about it. The things uh, that that politicians or the government does around investing specifically, where they yeah. say it's the concept like if you're poor, you're too stupid to invest in certain things. Oh my and god, that yes. is what gets me. Like I don't understand who thought that was like that it's okay to say hey based on your level of income you should have the right to invest in certain things like it, it kind of tra entraps people and like hey if you're poor you stay poor because you can't access you can get boring things like the stock market where you can earn six percent to ten percent a year Whoopee. but like yeah exactly <laughs> you don't people aren't interested in that like you know some people are in and and you do long-term investments but some people want to take a little bit more risk and they want to invest in things that could you know 10x them you know you know mm -hmm. 50x and that's that's interesting to them and it's their money if they want to spend it like that let them spend it like that if they if they lose everything and they're homeless that was their choice and that's the, exactly. the right as an american to pursue that and so that's just that's my belief i don't understand so, why we yeah yeah to piggyback on what you said and i totally agree with you um my 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 lady is a elementary school teacher right she teaches in a rural area her school is literally in the middle of a peach field south carolina mm -hmm. okay that's peaches awesome. everywhere if you know what the big peach oil is in gaffney all right it's a big humongous water tower it looks like a peach that's where we live right so um very rural here so there's not a ton of rich people it's just the way it is so We've, we've already kind of proven what happens when you take kids with no money, but you give them more opportunity. They do better. This is basic information, okay? If I take someone who has nothing and I give them the resources, they do better. This is simple, all right? So if you're telling me that because I don't have any money, that I don't know what I'm doing, 
and you haven't equipped me with the proper essentials, then you're wrong about being this, this whole, you don't have any money, so you can't get in rule. That's stupid. You haven't yet. given me the tools or the opportunity yet to prove to you that I can do it. Who are you to tell me what the rules are, right? Who are you to say that the opportunity doesn't exist for me because I wasn't born with a silver spoon? Right. Exactly. And uh, and it's just a weird way to solve the problem. Like instead of saying, hey, you can't access these things. What about, hey, maybe we should teach financial literacy in our school. Maybe we should oh teach God. people how Could to handle money. Could you imagine if we taught kids how to balance their checking account? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that would be really useful. And so there's a lot of other ways you can combat the problem versus the way that we currently do it. And I wish more people would question these things because they are really, really silly. I don't know how they got on the books in the first place. Um, but it, it just, it makes the rich richer and it it lets the poor, uh, you know, they don't get these cool opportunities. You know, I, I, I'm not sure when it happened in our society, but we stopped questioning with, with, uh, with intelligence. We started questioning everything, but it was with conspiracy, right? Question things with intelligence. Why is it this way? Why are these walls here? Why is this wall put up and why I'm not allowed over it? Don't just say tear the wall down. Explain to me why it should be torn down, right? Give me an answer to why. So that's exactly what we don't have in our society. Everyone loves to question everything, and everyone loves to have their 15 seconds of fame. And Hey, look at me. I know the answer, and I'm right. Look at me. I'm Okay, great. Explain to me why. Explain to me how we change it, right? Crit- critical Whatever thinking should be another thing. Whatever reason that stopped, I'm not happy with. So I, I want to see that change. Yep. Critical thinking should be another thing people are taught in school that would be so beneficial. Like, hey, it's okay to question, you know, things you're hearing on the news. It's okay to question things that you were taught in history. Question these things, but do it with critical thinking. Do it with uh, under the pursuit of truth. Um, You know, I think really there's uh, both sides of the aisle. You see so many people that believe different kinds of conspiracy theories. One is, you know, maybe your traditional conspiracy theory type the other kind is like more just believing everything you're told by your news source or your um, your party. And so I, I, I wish more people would qu- yeah, question things in a good way, in a, in, in a constructive way, um, because, yeah, there are there are things that don't make sense, especially as our culture and our as technology progresses so fast. Um, the, the playing field is constantly shifting. And so we, we need to be adaptable. Um, I did want to move on, though, to sure. go back to the cycles. So how high next cycle would you say that we're going to go? Are we going to see Bitcoin? We I know we talked about this one in our last podcast as well. Are we going to see Bitcoin pass 100,000? Are we going to see ETH pass 10,000? Like where are you seeing us going next cycle? Uh not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. First, okay? <laughs> I have a target of 175,000. What is that based on? That's based on Fibonacci retracement and cycles and cycle end, all right? For the last three halvings, we have gone to a minimum of 1.618 upward. Now, that mathematical number is a Fibonacci number, and we can argue about a ton of stuff, but math is one I will not hear an argument about, right? Uh, We can't deny the the laws of math, not theory, the laws of math. The Fibonacci cycles are one of those things. And that's just an at least number. That number has happened the last three cycles, and last time was exactly that cycle, 68,000 and some change was 1.618 upward. All right. And it stopped directly on that. I was hopeful that it would go a little farther than that because the two previous cycles went to the two number of Fibonacci, which was even higher. That would be a blow off top. We didn't have that last cycle. We didn't have a blow off top. Can you believe that? Things went up as high as they did. And there was no blow off top. So if we get a standard from 20,000, 1.618 retrace up from where we stopped, I've got roughly 175,000. And as far as Ethereum goes, that one's a little harder. Um, I do think <laughs> we see I do think we see at least 10,000, but from there, as long as we're on an uptrend, I'm going to stick with it. The the chart is different on Ethereum than it is Bitcoin. It's just different. It's not the exact same. So as long as that uptrend continues and rides out, I'm willing to leave it alone and stay in because I made the mistake last time of getting out too early. All right. Um, so this time I want to be, I'm going to do that better. Uh, and I want to get in, I want to get in and stay in until that cycle stops. And when I tell you, when that trend line breaks, I'm happy to tell everyone that the music stopped and the ship is going down. But where does that exactly stop? 
at least 10,000. And I want to say higher than that because last time we went from like a hundred to 6,000 or something stupid, right? Whatever it went to. So I think it's going to do good. I think the, probably the best performers won't be Bitcoin, won't be Ethereum, right? The best performers will be the mid caps and the new stuff. That's just the way cycles work. Um, you know, AVAX, FTM, Matic, they're going to do great, in my opinion. Ethereum and Bitcoin are going to do great, in my opinion. Those are good, solid things. Binance Coin. Binance Coin has outperformed everything on and almost Bitcoin, right? It almost outperformed Bitcoin. It was really close. So um, it might be, uh, it might be tough this well. time because it's already so big, especially for what it is. And good point. All the, all the flack that, you know, BNB is getting or Binance so is getting to, to, right now. To spring on what you just said, the bigger these things get, the less they move. Yeah. All right. So you're seeing less and less exponential numbers with the higher the market cap. All right. This is what defeats all the XRP people saying 589 all the time. Do you understand yeah. what the market cap would have to be for that to happen? Way too like big. 700 trillion or something stupid. Right. Okay. Be realistic. That can't happen. Right. So that would yep. go in all assets. It would never just go to this one. Like it takes a bit of knowledge to understand that that's monetarily impossible. So I still like 175 and I think Bitcoin will go higher than 10,000. I mean, crypto will, will yeah. go up, but Ethereum will go higher than 10,000. Um, I'm not sure how far and I'll monitor that as we get there. So long as we continue to ride that, if you remember the yodeler from the prices, right? Yep. So long as the yodeler is yodeling up, I'm fine with this. But as soon as it gets to the peak, it's time to, you know, as soon as I see it break over the edge of that hill, I'm stopping. ETH has a, a little bit of a curveball coming too with, um, are you familiar with Eigenlayer? Yeah. There's a little, so, yeah, they're, they're even, even, but keep going, keep going. I was going to say restaking and, and the utility that comes with that layer twos and the utility comes with that could be a breakout moment for ETH specifically just thinking of like, think of your, if you're an institution, you can get ETH, which has been real relatively stable this whole cycle. Uh, it's been in par, on par with Bitcoin ever since we've had the merge uh, as far as stability goes. It's a deflationary asset. You can stake it to earn around four to five percent annually. Okay, on top of which, that's that's good, especially if you're like an institution. But now you can restake it for all this additional yield for uh, you know for ETH securing other things. So you know maybe that takes it from four percent to like twelve percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent. That'd be insane, and so that could cause like a mass influx as far as ETH goes, and, and a lot less selling pressure as people are just staking that to earn the the yield that they can get from it. So. It's kind of hard to say. ETH is a little bit of a curveball this cycle. It's hard to say. So, uh, so to spring on what you just said there, or uh, as the more stuff is staked and there's less liquidity on the market, the volatility picks up. Yeah. All right. So understand that when we've got, let's be stupid here and say 95% of all Ethereum is staked, the 5% is going to be extremely volatile, extremely volatile. And it'll be such a low decimal point at that point because you're having to use those low decimal points to decide what's going on because the number's so big, like Bitcoin being 0.000012 ha uh, Satoshis or whatever, right? It's got to be that small for the number for you to move stuff around at, at $100 is that small, right? Um, imagine what those Satoshis are going to be when we're at 175 right? It's a stupid, stupid low number for $100. So I think Ethereum has 18 decimals. I would expect at some point most of them get used. Yeah. Right. So right now they're not. Yeah. We only go to like three decimals or four decimals on Ethereum. Wait till we don't. Wait till we go way down the rabbit hole. <laughs> There's time for that. And I, again, my job is to tell you when that starts and stops. And I don't really think we get kicked off hardcore until the fall. Now, I'll leave you. With, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to. I'll say this. There's two options. Number one option is we get 2015 and you need to be on a log scale to see it. Weekly chart, log scale, which means you look one time per week for five minutes. One time, five minutes on Sunday night. That's it. If we get 2015, that's the most perfect ideal scenario. I never think that's going to happen. I always think pessimistically. So let's look at 2020, which is the same thing as 2015, just moved forward. All right. If that doesn't have that big economics complete stop, it's almost identical to 2015. Less that one spot. So. If we, as long as we don't have a world-shattering moment happen before having, honestly, I think we're going to see exponential numbers. And I think between the end of summer and and the winter, uh, the actual calendar winter, 
you're going to have a great opportunity to get their cheapest price possible on whatever it is you want to buy. Uh, and then, like you said before, we're going to have what you said as far as your winter, summer, spring, fall with so coins you, that will 100% play out. Would you say for ETH and Bitcoin, or maybe let's just say Bitcoin, would you say for Bitcoin, the bottom is in? Like we're not going lower than the 15,000 it was at. I would and, assume and you, that I would assume that 15,000 is really darn low. Uh, if we break 15,000, there's nothing to stop it to go to 10. All right. Okay. Now, do I think that's going to happen? We're still in an uptrend right now. So I can't even say that we're going to go down until we break the uptrend. That's my, that's part of the job that I do. I don't, I only give you what's happening, right? I, can, I can't tell you uh, there's no crystal balls. So I think we'll break trend in the summer. That'll be the top. And then once that happens, I can start telling you how far down we're going to go. But I think a safe number to start rebuying. And, you know, I tell everyone, you don't have to buy just one time. You can buy near the bottom. Yeah. So if I buy yeah. at 20,000 and 15,000 and seven and 17 or 16,000 or 13,000, I got pretty darn close to the bottom, especially for going to 175. Yeah. So yeah. does it really matter whether I bought 20,000 or 19,000 or 18,000? Dude, I bought way low. And then I waited the entire bull market to play out. And then I sold. And maybe you don't sell the perfect top. So it doesn't discourage people here. Maybe you don't sell the perfect top. Maybe you sell at 168, 172. And then the chart goes down on you go, oh, no. And then you sell at 155. Who cares? You still sold all the way at the top. And then the price comes all the way back down to what? 60,000 from there. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? You sold at the top. Well, that's essentially what you did. You sold up at, you know, 60 something thousand Bitcoin and you bought back in at like, Correct. what, like 17,000? What, what was Bitcoin at when you bought so back in? I sold at 64,000. 64,700, I think was the exact number, which wasn't the perfect top, right? It was close. <laughs> close we enough. got out of yeah. everything at that point, right? I, I did stay in some alts that, that went up a little bit more past that, but that was it. You know, once the new year started, that was all she wrote. The lights were off. So, we sold that. I didn't buy anything. I did fool around with some leverage tokens in the middle of the summer, last summer. Um, never really made much money on it. I just took yield on anything that I had that was making yield. Uh, everything else was in stable coins for the entire summer, for the entire year. And then I bought back in starting when Bitcoin was around 18,000. I didn't buy Bitcoin. I bought other stuff. I bought XRP and XLM and ADA and all kind of other Really, really low cap coins that went up like Rose and Storage A or Storage, however you say it. I bought Doge, SHIB, <laughs> ZC, Litecoin. I bought all these others. And then once Bitcoin broke trend and came back down and retested at 20000 my buy line was set at $20,010. And it came down and closed. That was when the banks were failing. All right. It came down, closed that order, and immediately popped back up. I then sold at 31000 and I haven't, I haven't done much else since then. Got um, it. I've been man. waiting. So I'm waiting for I'm waiting for another stopping point here. When that comes in, I'm back. I have a bunch there, of stable coins sitting right now waiting. Is there any scenario in your mind where, you know, say after summer we do see this kind of retracement and uh it still stays above thirty thousand? Bitcoin goes up to thirty five thousand and it's yeah. strong enough to hold above thirty. I'll tell you what, I would that's the ideal scenario. Ideally, we break back over that thirty thousand barrier, which is clearly stonewalled us right now. If we can break back over 30,000 and stay over it through the summer, yes, I think there is precedent because, I mean, 2015 to 2017 is the precedent that you just described. All right. So okay. if it can stay above 30,000, we're going past 175 because that sets us up and changes our entire outlook here. All right. It'll go slower, but it'll go that far. All right. Now, if we get I that like big hook set, if I know me too, right? So if we get that big <laughs> hook set, and, and it drops way down there, that's going to be the best opportunity. Either way, once we pass the fall, I don't see a whole bunch of enormous down coming. Um, there is precedent to say there will be some, but I'm not seeing a whole bunch of enormous down there. Um, either way, there's really no big exponential takeoffs until after having. And that's not until April. So, you know, that's going to take some time there, right? We got, we yeah. got time to not worry about this stuff. Accrue funds. Like I told, I talked to my... You don't know this, but I sat on my porch last night with my neighbor, um, who's my, my one good neighbor. I put it on Twitter. You might have saw that about, about rich neighbors. It's wild. <laughs> it's a different world. I come from nothing, right? I'm, I come from the trailer park, and I just lived in that my whole life. And then I moved here, and it's much different. So we sat out here and talked, and I was like, well, look, I, I know you don't necessarily care about this. This is what I do for a living. So I'm going to tell you, 
I think the best time to get in is in the fall this coming up year. So if you got extra money, because we were talking about extra little stuff we've been doing. Uh, and I told him, I was like, that's when I'm going to, I'll swipe a credit card and buy whatever I can. You know what I mean? Uh, I want to get as much as I can as while I can at the bottom and uh, I'll sell it at the top. And I was like, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you can follow along, right? You can come up here and talk to me about it. He's only three houses away. So, you know, I'm like, come up here and talk about it. We can talk about this anytime. Um, yeah, I think everyone's going to have an excellent, excellent opportunity. And I think news will fall right in line with that. Well, last question. Uh, if people want to follow you and and uh, kind of stay up to date with what you're doing, kind of, you know, learn some of these things you're teaching and talking about, where's the best place that they can go to do that? Okay, so we have multiple platforms, but pretty much everything that I do that gets put out anywhere else is on our discords, the 786 Assassins. Uh, the number 786 assassins. If you type that in, or if you look up me, which is just Carolina Keith underscore one, that's my tag everywhere. My handle everywhere is kind of the same. Um, right now we've got a special with your name on it. So it's two months for free. Anyone who comes in gets two months for free. And why did we do that? Well, I think this, I think the, the cycle probably stops somewhere in the next couple months. And I want everyone to get as much knowledge as they can in that time. So, um, just really quick, to, just to add to that, I the, I'm not getting paid anything to do that. So uh, he actually exactly, did offer right. me, yeah, yeah. He offered me an affiliate thing. I turned it down. So there's no there's no benefit for me. I just love people getting educated, learning, growing, and getting better at investing. I want to see other people succeed. Um, and Absolutely, that, me too. You know, yeah. So he, we he, he, so the yeah. Discord is the main place, right? Carolina Keith underscore one is me, uh, and seven eight six assassins is the discord we've had it going for a while now we started that back in 2019 and we're or 2020 and we're still going it was actually 2019 but it was a telegram channel um we've gone a long way with this right i'm trying to tear the walls down amongst influencers that we've all created you know we have our segments we have our we have our cult followings and i want us to all work on this together instead of being all broken up into segments we can all come together and do this together and we can all talk about this stuff as adults you know what i mean and we can all be way more successful that way. Uh, that's the entire goal here. Um, you don't have to pay anything if you don't want. Also, you know, I've got Twitter. I put everything on Twitter's after it's in the Discord. So what you see on Twitter is what we've already talked about. Uh, same handle, Carolina Keith underscore one. Um, and YouTube, TA with Keith Lay. Uh, we do YouTube streams every Thursday night at 11 p.m. You can come on and hang out and chop it up at 11 p.m., right? Uh, it's late, but that's adult time and I have kids. So that's why we do it late. <laughs> well, shoot me some links, to these things. Cause I had a couple of people ask me for links last time. I didn't get them from you and make it easier if I put them in the show notes. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and I'll add that in, but as always, people remember investing in crypto is risky. You should always do your own research. Nothing we said here today is investment advice. I'm not your financial advisor. Keith is not your financial advisor. And it's up to you to do your own due diligence on your own investments. You are a grown adult. Act like it and start taking responsibility for your own decisions. And remember, stay steady, lads.